Hey there, and welcome to Think Aloud with Dr. G. This podcast is all about learning together as we think together and explore topics that connect us. Think Aloud is a strategy that teachers use to model thinking, learning, and understanding. It's like eavesdropping on what's happening inside someone's brain. I'm Dr. Lisa Gorin, and I'm glad you're here so we can think aloud together. My Think Aloud conversation today is with Jen Butel. Jen is the Executive Director of Pupil Services for Platte County R3 School District in the Kansas City area of Missouri. We know each other because we serve on the MoCase board together. For those playing along with acronym BINGO, you'll recall MoCase stands for the Missouri Chapter of CASE, the Council of Administrators of Special Education, which is a division of CEC, the Council for Exceptional Children. MoCase is dedicated to the professional development and support of administrators of special education within Missouri's educational settings. Jen's educational journey involves the allure of the special doors at the end of the hall, the power of curating your own plus minus file, and letting go of guilt when you move into a new part of your education journey. Let's get started. Today, I'm here with Jen Futel, and we are actually at the MoCase conference at the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri. And MoCase is the Missouri Council for Administrators of Special Education. And we are here learning um, with other district special educators around the state about legal issues, law information, all of the great and wonderful things that help us continue to grow as learners. So welcome, Jen. Thanks for having me. This is fun. I know. I'm very excited about this. It's going to be really good. I just want to say thanks because I know we've been on this board together now two, three, two, two three, or three years. years. COVID makes that hard. I'm not really sure anymore. Um, but I hadn't really had a chance to get to know you super well. So I would love for you to just share with us your education journey. So way back when I was a child, um, <laughs> I was I was that classic kid who played school in the basement. Oh, nice! You know, uh, my little sister Bridget was my star pupil. Uh, my older brother wanted nothing to do with it, and the dog was always a great participant. I mean, that was just kind of what I liked. I loved the organization of it. I loved the um, rhythm of school. I think um, growing up, I probably was a I don't know, an average student. I don't know. Um, there was an orange bench at Tom Hawk Elementary, and I spent a little bit of time on that. Um, so you were a well-rounded student. You didn't just focus on academics. Is that was your yeah, saying? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I made sure that everyone had opportunities to think. That's what I did. Love that. Yeah. But um, I just really, in first grade, Mrs. Williams, who did not allow us to have chocolate milk, by the way, um, at lunch, was a tragedy. Um, she had this red book for writing and this red book for math and they were little thin books. Um, and you, it was like a mad minute type thing now you would think, but if you got them done, you got perks and you could go to the reading nook to read, or you could walk down the hall past the fire doors to the special education room to help students. Wow. And so... I was like, what is going on back there? Like, that you need special doors. And so that was 
that was my jam. I did that in first grade. That really speaks to kind of where we are in our culture. Like I, I always talk to my students about rooting this in a cultural historical mm-hmm. understanding. But when you were in elementary school, special ed existed, but was behind the special doors. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm old, so You're like this was old. like this was like <laughs> the thing, right? It was a new thing, and we would see quote unquote those kids on the playground, but never when we were out there. Yeah, like, never the twain shall meet, right? Um, and I just thought it was so cool. And then I would come back and people were like, what was going on back there? Learning. Learning was going on back there. And it was a whole lot more fun than what we were doing, for sure. Really? But you remember this from first grade? I remember this from first grade. I don't remember going back there past that, really. Oh, my gosh. Like, that was like a first grade thing. Mrs. Yeah. O'Connor in second grade did not do that. I don't remember that she did that. But... um you know, I just, I was just one of those kids that was just in class. I probably talked too much, a little quippy, Same. you know, um, I was the tall kid, so you could always Same. find me, right? <laughs> and, um, I, I just thought I'd be a special educator. The next like pivotal thing for me was, um, in high school, uh, the United Way wanted to start a youth volunteer corps. And um, they came and presented, and a friend and I were like, yeah, we could do that because we weren't old enough to drive anywhere, Mm. and we thought it'd be a cool experience. And so we actually were in the first YVC. Yeah, there was a song even and a video, music video. um, that we were. I can find that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But we were a part of that, and it gave us the opportunity to volunteer in a lot of different places. Mm. Um, We ran the child care pieces for some Boy Scout camps for the leaders' kids. Mm. Um, But I got to go to the children's place and volunteer in the classrooms there. So great. And these volunteer experiences were deep dives. They weren't like... 45 minutes here or there, right? It was like, I think, I don't know, somebody would probably remember better than me, but it was like a a week or two. So you really got to build relationships. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. Those are the kids that I want to teach. The kids who have baggage and history and and these things. And in my head, they were just like the kids behind the door. Sure. Um, Sure. So I went to KU. I'm a Kansas girl. Went to KU. Um, their teacher prep program is a five-year program at that point in time. And, um, you know, you had to kind of pick like a minor. And I literally remember going through the booklet and checking off the prereqs that I had already taken Mm -hmm. and went, I guess I'm in special ed because (laughs) that's where I had the most. Those were the classes. Yeah. Well, well, but I mean, it was like boom, boom, boom. And severe multiple disabilities is where I landed. Sure. Because there is no such thing as special education, abuse, neglect, or whatever, which was my other love. And super small program. Met one of my dearest friends in that program and um, became a special ed teacher for kids with severe multiple disabilities. Um, And then... um, got into a supervisor coordinator program through KU, which was Mm -hmm. a certification endorsement. Um, Because way back in when I was a kid, I was really good at telling people what to do in my elementary classroom in the basement. And so I'm like, oh, I can do this. This is a natural progression. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was was like you could totally plot it. And so I started in this program. And around that point in time, a friend of our family had a son with autism who was beginning kindergarten. And um, we had been talking, I had been nannying for them, and we had been talking about um, their hopes and dreams for him 
and kind of the vibe they were getting from the school. Mm. And here I am, this little whippersnapper. I don't even know if I actually had a teaching job at that point or not, like for pay. Can't remember. But I said, I'll go to the IEP meeting with you. And I sat at the IEP meeting and was so out of my lane, but didn't know it at the time. Like if somebody would have done that to me in a meeting, I would have been ticked. But here's this little whippersnapper telling us how to include this kid. And I'm like, no, this really isn't as hard as you're making it. And I loved it. I still have this thank you note in my file. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. I keep it. It's one of those things that you're like. You have to keep a happy file. So I had a friend who was in. English teacher in like a junior high and she talked about a happy file mm-hmm. so all of the happy notes and so some days you just need to pull that out yeah. and that's yeah that's a great one mine's actually a plus minus file Ooh. because one of my bosses told me that that file is important but it also has to level you out so also in that file is the email from a parent that I don't have the social skills to be a fry girl at McDonald's Oh, yeah, I keep those too. I don't keep them in the same space, but yeah, you're right. You do need both. Yeah. Hmm. Sometimes you need to be knocked down a few. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to be built up a few. Sometimes you don't know what you need, so you just open it. And sometimes just knowing someone wrote that to you, and you could diagnose them with an eligibility in the area of written expression... It's helpful, right? It really is. It really is. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna adjust my files. Thank yeah, you for that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, when did you start in the role you're in now? So, I have been in Platte County for I believe this is my ninth year. Before that, I was in North Kansas City for okay. fourteen. Okay. As an admin. So. Okay. Yeah. Do you I, miss being a classroom teacher? No. Okay. I. Um, and that's a perfectly acceptable yeah, answer. No, yeah, no, I don't. And I and I, have, I no longer have guilt about saying that. I, I don't miss it because I really try to commit to being in classrooms. Mm-hmm. I think as an administrator, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You really do. Yes. And um, I have been really blessed. My last seven years in North Kansas City, I ran their early childhood special education program. Oh, wow. And you can't deal with preschoolers without being in classrooms, right? right and bathrooms right. and hallways and buses and all of the spaces. All the spaces. Yeah. And so I still got my kid fix, my kid contact. Yes. Um, and where I am now, one of the hats I wear is our early childhood program. Oh, perfect. So it's significantly smaller because the district is significantly smaller. Um, but I get to see that direct contact. I think yeah. that's really, really important to remember mm-hmm. who your customer is and to personalize that. I try really, really hard to never go to a meeting on a kiddo that I haven't laid eyes on. That's a really good rule and probably really hard to follow in some spaces. Sometimes yeah. it is, um, mm-hmm. but I want to be able to assist in making decisions with having proper context, right? And right, for that student. Yeah, yeah. The individualized yeah. education yeah. plan yeah. for that student. Yeah. And I don't need to go see if it's a behavior issue. I don't need to go see the full-blown behavior. Like, I trust you. Like, I, I get that it's happening, but I want to know, I want to have the face right. with with the kiddo. Yeah. I think that's important. That's awesome. And I love that you no longer feel guilt about being happy in the job you're in. Mm-hmm. I think we in education sometimes kind of have this pressure that we're all supposed to be the perfect elementary teacher or we're all supposed mm-hmm. to always want to be with students but like my role I teach future teachers mm-hmm. I get some time in the classroom with the k-12 kids but my role is to support those teachers in being the best they can be and I shouldn't have guilt because I'm not in your classroom and honestly I I don't know I don't know if this is okay to say but 
I'm probably a much better administrator than I was a teacher. And I think we need to recognize that education has layers and there are strengths in each of those layers Mm -hmm. and they're necessary, right? We need good administrators. We need good teachers. We need good teacher prep people. So yeah, I think that's wonderful. So taking the guilt out of it. Yeah. In education, we have enough. We don't need guilt too. Well, it's supposed to be, you're supposed to be the absolute best teacher to become the absolute best administrator. And I think I was, I think I was a really good teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, My my last couple of years of teaching, I was working in all these little districts, and so I was really building up programs for other people to implement. Right. Which I think is not yeah. administrative, but... It's what a leader does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. I just, I found my voice. That's awesome. And I think, you know, you can use your voice. To me, the responsibility of having voice is to use it to impact the largest amount of good that you can. Right. Right. And in your role, you're mm-hmm. impacting potentially all of the students mm-hmm. in your district. I hope. I I hope. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. I love yeah. it. Okay. So in the interest of time, I'm going to switch us over to the last three little questions that I okay. ask at the end. They're not rapid fire. Okay. As I say, there's no need for that kind of stress, okay. but, and I'm also never going to be Brene Brown who does okay. beautiful yeah, yeah, rapid yeah, yeah, fire. Yeah. Right. Um, but I do want to ask these questions. So what or who inspires you? So, I think that's changed over time. Mm -hmm. I have some really specific kiddos I've worked with. My little guy who was going into kindergarten so long ago. Yes. Um, One of my dear friends has a daughter with autism that I've really, really connected with. Ruth, I think, has taught me more than any teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, All of the kids I've ever worked with. Um, But right now, I think I'm really inspired by my own kids. Mm, Good. Because I really want the world that they inherit to be inclusive and to be, um, right. Um, yes. And I think that that's really important. And I also get inspiration from the teachers that I am blessed to be able to support their creativity and their drive and their passion. Like it's so, it's so invigorating and it really does bring out that servant leadership Mm-hmm. Because you see how hard they try. Right, yeah. I see that with my future teachers, but also with the cooperating teachers who work mm-hmm. with them. I mean, we can't teach future teachers without the current teachers, right? right? So right. I so appreciate that. Yes, to all of what you just said. Um, in that same vein, though, who's an educator who influenced you? And sometimes people take that as, oh, my favorite teacher growing up. And sometimes people take that as a non-example that they've had in their life. So any of that. So who is an educator who influenced you? So when we kicked off the start of the school year, we had to name our favorite teacher. And I named Mrs. O'Connor from second grade. And we're still Facebook friends. (laughs) Um, She just was a really good, steady teacher. But what I learned later was how great she was at communicating with my parents. Oh. I found that out way later in the game. So, um, but in terms of what I do now, um, I had a professor in college. Her name is Kathy G. I think she's back on the West Coast now. She was at KU just for a short time, but I got to have her for my whole program. Oh, wow. And the thing, and there were very few of us, she gave us all that Haim Gano quote that you're the weather in your classroom. Yes. And she was the weather in our classroom. And there were times where I was like, I am not cut out for this. And she's like... Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah, she's like this program is too small to lose it, to lose one. So you're gonna you're gonna do this. Um, Kansas needs you. Um, 
which is so funny because I've been in Missouri for yes. the vast majority of my career. Well, Missouri but, means you should. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But I think she was very, she was very pivotal yes. for me. Um, and really, I think other than that, my dad is a professor. Yeah. And so he has really kind of demonstrated that lifelong learning, mm. that investigative brain. Yes. He's a great writer. Mm. And um, nice. that's a, not directly for me. And then, of course, there's a whole slew of non-examples. but Right. But I like those yeah. two examples, yeah. Yeah. so that's awesome. Okay, and you touched on this idea of lifelong learner, and I'm always curious about you as a person, because you are an amazing special education administrator, and you have this professional life, but you also are a real human outside of work, too. Mm-hmm. So what are you reading right now, both professionally and personally? Okay, I will be totally honest. Be totally honest. Right now, what I'm reading personally is probably Facebook, Nice and there are words and there. Yeah. Um, whatever's on Apple News. Yep. Um, my my brain is COVID full, and Fair. I can't even handle plot twist right now. Like this is part of my self care. Um, that that's probably on the personal side. On the professional side, I um, have been working in my district around COVID stuff, mm. and so it's really unfortunately icky in that. I'm reading things on the CDC website. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, that is the kind of learning that you have to do yeah, yeah. in your role, right? I mean, you have to keep yourself up to yeah. date on what's going on and how that impacts your teachers yeah. and your students and your community. Yeah. So, yeah. I will be I honest. I did read Wolfpack. Because nice. that, but I mean, that took like 10 minutes, right? It was amazing. And I love that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm trying to keep space in the brain that is so important you have to for your own mental wellness and your own kind of emotional health wellness because we can only give as much as we have I want to be that really cool person though that gives you like I am reading this person you're like wow that's so amazing and then I'm also deep into this fiction whatever yeah but that's not happening really right now and being a real authentic person Mm -hmm. I think is an amazing person so yeah I'm right there with you. Yeah. So I, for, you know, entertainment, I'm liking stories that have happy endings and predictable yeah. endings yeah. because this is the opposite of what we're experiencing yeah. right now. Hallmark, so. Hallmark channel me up. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah. I totally get that. And personally, I'm reading things about self-care yeah. and yeah. mental health and just mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And I'm incorporating that into my teaching yeah. as well as my living. So, yeah. yeah. I think that that is... That's where we are. And it's, it's also where we need to be. I think so, too. Um, I really, I really think that is, and I, I've just, my husband is a very avid reader. Mm. Um, my son is an avid reader. My daughter is learning to be an avid reader. And, um, I'm like, you go guys. You're you're awesome. We have seasons for that though, right? So you and your personal season Mm -hmm. are reading what you need to read and then you'll, it'll, It'll kind come of back break around. through, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, well, thank you so much for spending this time with me. It's I have enjoyed fun. this, and um, we will make sure that we have things in the show notes to share resources. Awesome. So, all right. Thank you. Isn't it awesome how each educational journey we explore is so unique? Jen's passion for teaching is enmeshed in her earliest memories and her determination to work in special education began in her own first grade experiences. Wow! I hope you took away as many great nuggets of wisdom from this conversation as I did. 
Thanks again to Jen for thinking aloud with me, and thank you for joining us. I look forward to our next opportunity to think aloud together. Until then, stay curious. Thank you.